Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in. It's another March to Match Day here on 92.9 The Game as we get ready for Atlanta United in Orlando City on Saturday. 7 o'clock, Five Stripes Countdown, kickoff 7.39, full-time report for a limited period of time to follow after the final whistle. I'm Jason Longshore. Thanks for hanging out with me today as we get ready for this match coming off of a very busy week that saw a midweek match at home, which was a big win for Atlanta United over Colorado, and then a trip to Chicago where it was a 3-3 draw on paper, a draw on the road sounds good. The way this game played out didn't feel like that coming out of it. It felt like there were more points on the table that Atlanta left. They couldn't see out the 3-2 lead. They did come back from 2-1 down. There were red cards for both teams. It was chaotic. I had a chance to ask Gonzalo Pineda this week about the pluses and minuses as he reviewed the film on that. Here's Gonzalo talking about the Chicago match. I think from a little bit of a negative is uh, a little passive build-up. I think it was too slow. Uh, we we watched that. Uh, so how we can occupy better the spaces, where are the initial positions, where were the gaps, where were the passing lanes to break uh, the midfield line, uh, the counter-movements, the, the timing of our runs in behind. It's not like we are not running in behind. We're actually running behind, but the timing of those runs are probably one second earlier were to rush to make those decisions. Um, I felt that we create good quality chances, couple in the first half, especially Thiago's, you know, cut back that, you know, he was in the penalty spot. Um, a couple in the second half also very good. One at the end with uh, with Yakumakis in the 3-3, uh, with the post from Thiago, so plus the goal. So we, we create some, some good chances. Um, I would say that the other part was the defending. We highlight the defending, the awareness, the recovery runs from, from us and the mentality in managing moments of the game. So so those were the things. I think we attack well. We have to work a little bit more in how we can protect ourselves in certain moments to not be exposed in, in, in the defense phase. Two players spoke to the media on Tuesday, Machop Chol and Ronald Hernandez. I asked Machop about the voices that have emerged defensively in terms of organization and leadership and making sure everyone's on point. 
and Ronald spoke earlier in his media availability about emergency defending. So I asked him to, to follow up a little bit more about that and just the difficulty in transitioning from being an attacking team to being one that can defend in those emergency situations well. Here's Machop Chol followed by Ronald Hernandez. Of course, leading from, from the back, we have Miles Q, um, Parata, he's always a, he's a presence back there. And then from the front, we have Yaku. You, know, you can tell just by the way he, he plays. He's uh, someone that leads with his, with his actions and also his voice. So, yeah. How difficult has it been for this team to transition to that emergency defending, like you said? I think because our style is our style and our uh, talented player we have. Uh, we have been playing for this kind of style to play and create more chances than the opponent to get the ball. And then sometimes we got to understand the manage of the tempo of the game and what we need to do. If we need to do more defense, we need to do counter. We got to, if we got to uh, keep the ball, and uh, you know, we got to just uh, try to click in what is the best uh, thing to do in that moment. Here's a little more from Gonzalo Pineda to close this thread on the defensive side of the game and related to Chicago, but not specifically only about Chicago. Uh, Pineda mentioned defensive awareness in his media availability. So I followed up and I thought Gonzalo gave a great answer about how they try to improve that among the squad. Here's Gonzalo Pineda. You mentioned awareness defensively specifically. How is that corrected? You know, what are the, the steps to do that? Is it activities? Is it video? Is it a little bit of everything? Film, training, talking, communication, promoting communication among the players, among the unit. Um, so we, we watch the film. We show the specific actions that that we need to do better in that awareness. We train a very good session yesterday on, you know, in different situations, how we can adjust, how we can be aware of the situation and react quickly. That, uh, uh, you know, preventive movements, so we're not that reactive, but in the transition moments, can we identify exactly what is the situation, uh, whether it's attacking or defending? So should I have... Should I sprint back and be goal-sided? Should I be can see that we're going to steal the ball and maybe I can be in an attacking position so I stay a little bit half and half? Once we regain the ball, do we go fully into counter-attack because we have probabilities to score a goal? Or it's better just to keep the ball because we've been chasing the ball for too long and then now we need a little bit of composure on the ball and, and come back to control of the game. So those are the decision-making, the awareness of the situations and management of the game, minutes of the game, red cards, all that situations. We, we need to understand that better. That's experience, that's leadership, that's many things. But obviously we try to coach our players to to understand those those situations on the field. It's always so interesting to me to get this little peek behind the curtain and talk about defensive awareness and being preventative in terms of allowing chances to happen or things to happen and looking to what can go the other way. And then also talking about the emergency defending side of it. There's so many aspects to defending in this game and it's so difficult. And it's so difficult, especially when you're a team that is high-powered as Atlanta United. The defensive side of the team has to be better. They have to keep more goals out. 
but you also don't want to lose your identity in, in terms of creating those transition moments like Gonzalo talked about and you know exploiting those opportunities to see that if I win this 1v1 or if I take this chance here, I can create an opportunity the other way. And against a team like Orlando, that's going to be essential because this is an Orlando team that wants the ball and wants to get numbers forward and is very good in transition. Here's Gonzalo Pineda about Orlando and the threat that they can bring. Who's Orlando's most important player in transition? All of them. I think uh, uh, you have, obviously, Facundo Torres, who can receive in the pockets, have some skills to receive, turn, and go at people. Obviously, Angulo on the flank, he's pretty good, uh, has a lot of pace. Uh, so they have good players. Pereira, if he plays, I mean, he's more of a cerebral number 10 that is normally his decision-making on when to go, when to keep possession is pretty good. Uh, and then, obviously, the number nine, Cara, that... that is very good in the transition. At times, he's the first point of contact, and from there, he shields the ball for someone else, and, and he's very good on that. They actually look for him in their build-up a lot in the play from the goal kick, and and so so they have certain tendencies. Um, and we just we just need to play our normal game where we try to be good in possession, attack in the final third, try to expose them in certain areas that we already highlighted and then be good in the transition moments. I mean, with that saying, I think Orlando is a very good team. I really like the way they build with backline of three, shifting over the, the, the left back as a center back on the left, and then the other two playing as, you know, uh, the, the other three uh, center backs, and then double pivot in the middle with two guys in the pockets, a winger coming in the pocket, right back going higher as a winger almost. Now they lost their right back with the, the national team for, for, you know, so, so now... Um, who are they going to place there? Are they going to play the same? But that strategy with the back three is pretty good. At times, one of the midfielders going outside almost to do a back four. So they have a lot of things that are very good in their build-up that we have to respect. We already watched the film. We work on that. Uh, but then on the other side of the ball is can we have more control than them on the ball? Can we dictate the tempo? Can we dictate the possession? Can we be on the front foot? Can we be proactive? Territorial dominance, all the things that we are. Can we show that well on Saturday's night? That's that's a question. Miles Robinson will obviously be a very important part of Atlanta's defensive strategy against Orlando. He spoke to the media on Thursday. Here's Miles' thoughts on Orlando and a little bit more about what they can do to make things difficult for Atlanta United. Um, I mean, they like to play, um, but so do we. So it's going to be kind of a battle between, you know, possession-based teams they definitely got some good players you know good a good 10 on the ball that likes to you know find those pockets in front of the uh, center backs so I think that's going to be what they're kind of looking into looking for um, and him to turn on the ball and runs um, you know out wide into crosses that's kind of what they like to do but um, yeah I think um, we're both going to be kind of fighting for possession early on but hopefully we can you know be on the front foot and uh, control the game. Oscar Pereja is the longtime manager of Orlando City, one of the most respected managers in Major League Soccer. And he's had to navigate some choppy waters at times in 2023. Things started out well in CONCACAF, first Champions League campaign for Orlando City, and they got a great result in Monterrey against Tigres, a scoreless draw on the road. But they couldn't take care of their business in the home leg, and the CCL hangover hit for a little while after that. Things are looking up, though, for Orlando City. 
Four points out of their last two games, punctuated by a big win down south against their in-state rivals, Inter-Miami. Here is Oscar Pereja talking about the importance of coming into this match in good form and also the defensive discipline that will be needed to deal with Atlanta United's high-powered attack. Here's Oscar Pereja. Right, yeah, we have had uh, very good performances with bad results before. And um, we have to identify well uh, what is our road and... And, and I'm proud that the players now. Obviously, we're still um, away from our best version, and we understand that too. But just getting these results and that solid performance in Miami, because it was very solid, is one of the performances that more show more of of that uh, famous consistency that we look for. So I'm, I'm I'm optimistic. The boys are working hard, and now we have Atlanta in front of our fans and and a good opportunity as well to add another points there, three points hopefully. How well disciplined does this group need to be on Saturday, not only on the offensive but on the defensive end, uh -huh. given that Atlanta is could be dangerous if right. they find that opportunity in that final third? Right, yeah, it's, it's, it's important what you mentioned about the discipline. I think we, we have to uh, continue with what we showed in Miami. In Miami we, we really uh, perform with uh, discipline and resistance and and despite we have a, a tremendous first half and the second half when Miami pushed us uh, we we were solid and that's going to be needed for every single game not just against Atlanta but uh, teams in Major League Soccer is it, it, the games are not so dominant for for either team it, is you have to be prepared to play it in the box in the two boxes and and do it well. Thank you to both managers, Gonzalo Pineda and Oscar Pereja, for speaking to the media this week. Also, thank you on the Atlanta side to Miles Robinson and Machop Chol and Ronald Hernandez for speaking to the media. And thanks to both clubs for making all of this available for all of us to work with. This is a huge game every single time out, Atlanta United and Orlando City. And if you don't want to throw the rivalry word around, whatever, I don't know why we're all afraid of it. it it's a game with a little extra, if you want to put it that way. It's a game that has some extra emotion. It's a game that has a little extra spice to it. And it's a game where Atlanta United's going to have to be extra good defensively. This is a Orlando team that I don't think has really hit their full capabilities on the offensive side. Just comparing the two teams, it's a team in Orlando that has scored 12 fewer goals than Atlanta, that has created 36 fewer chances so far this season, but they've only created two fewer big chances this season, and that gets into the quality a little bit of Orlando City. They're not getting as many shots as Atlanta United. Atlanta United's fourth in shots, fourth in shots on goal, Orlando is 18th and 21st in those categories. Orlando's a team that's a little bit in the middle in terms of possession. I think when you go back to what Miles Robinson said, you know, this is a team that wants the ball. It's a team that hasn't always been able to get the ball this year. And the dual success is something that you can look at and point to where Orlando's 26th out of 29 teams in, in that regard. Atlanta United's fourth, and that helps them be fourth in possession. They're winning the ball back. They're winning the ball. They're keeping the ball. They're winning their duels. Orlando's not doing enough of that. 
they're a team that's capable of more. And, and this is a team, in my opinion, that you have to watch out for if you're Atlanta United. They're not a team that I, I think is defined by their record. They, they've played one fewer game than Atlanta United. They've won one fewer game. They're 5-4-4. Four, and four. Atlanta is 6-4-4 four, and four coming into this one. They don't have that primary goal scorer. Uh, I think Erchan Kara can be that. He has four goals on the season. Uh, Martin Ojeda coming in from Godoy Cruz has been very good with four assists as well. He leads the team in shots and shots on goal. Facundo Torres is one of the most talented young players in the league. He leads at, he leads Orlando City in chances created. Uh, Ojeda leads in big chances created. Of course, on the Atlanta side, outside of the goals from Yorgos Yakimakis, the attack is led by Tiago Almada. Almada's going to have to be that kind of a guy again. And I thought last year in Orlando, not just because he had the goal, but because of the overall performance, Tiago Almada stepped up and put on the Superman cape and carried his team to a win. He's got more help right now than Atlanta did at that stage last year where they were finally at least somewhat healthy for a while, but they still had a number of players who were out on long-term injuries. And I think when Atlanta went to Orlando last year, they were playing some of their best soccer of 2022. This team's better than that, and this team is fully capable of going on the road and winning this match. But it really goes back to the conversation we've had all week about the defensive side of the ball. This is not a team that is bad in terms of overall system defensively. It gets into a lot of the things that uh, we've talked about here on the show today. A lot of that defensive awareness, it has to improve. It's more situational. That emergency defending that Ronald Hernandez talked about, those moments in the match where it's done. The attack is done. The, The goals are there. You have everything you need to get the game over the line. Now you just have to do it. And if that means diving in front of a shot, if that means clearing a ball into the upper deck, if it means committing that foul in the middle third because it's not going to hurt you there and it slows down the momentum of the opposite team, if it means slowing the game down with the lead late in the game, keeping the ball, those are all aspects of this. And it's something that top teams do. And it's something Atlanta United has to find a way to start doing because 24 goals conceded, is 28th in Major League Soccer out of 29 teams. That's not good enough. And that's not going to get you the results that scoring 28 goals should get you. This is a team that is scoring tons of goals, two goals per game right now. And they're 6-4-4. and And the big reason why is they've conceded not quite two goals per game, but they're pretty close. It's got to improve. It's got to improve. And I think the, the pieces are there for it to improve down to execution in key moments. It's really down to making those plays late in games, in the defensive third, doing what it takes to get the result. I think for Atlanta, Tiago Almada, obviously very important here. How Gonzalo Pineda solves the absences of Franco Ibarra and Luis Araujo, also important. You would expect Santiago Sosa to be in the lineup on Saturday night. He did not play in Chicago, had an ankle issue. We talked about it during the match. A little bit of swelling in the ankle. He wasn't part of the game day squad. He was kept out of training on Tuesday. The expectation is that he will be available for Saturday. He did train on Thursday. Uh, Didn't see the whole session on Thursday, so I can't say if he trained fully uh, for the entire session, 
but he was there for the portion that was open to the media, and he appeared to be moving around fine. So hopefully Santiago Sosa is the replacement for Ibarra, who's the replacement on the right wing. With the current form of Ronald Hernandez, it would not surprise me if Brooks Lennon is the right winger in this match. And we've seen that happen many, many times for Atlanta United, where Lennon pushes higher up the field. Hernandez is the right back. He's a little more defensively inclined, which I think can also help solve that issue of the, the defensive side of the team. He's going to stay home a little bit more. You know Andrew Gutman's going to go on the left. Hernandez is going to stay home a little bit more. You know Brooks Lennon is going to stay high up the field and wide. That might help with some of the movement for this team and create even more in the attack, but solidify things defensively a little bit with a right back in Hernandez who just just his personality, just his, his game. His game is going to keep him at home a little bit more and give you a little bit extra on the defensive side. And he's winning all of his duels right now, it feels like. He's winning his tackles. He's just been so good defensively here in the last couple of matches. Again, Five Stripes Countdown, 7 p.m. on Saturday night. You can listen on 92.9 The Game. You can listen on the Odyssey app. You can listen on the Atlanta United app. Kickoff, 7.39. Full-time report to follow after the match. Uh, an abbreviated one because we've got a plane to catch to get back to the A. Late, late Saturday night, hopefully with three points in the cargo hold. We'll find out. March to Match Day will return next week, at least in an audio form ahead of the Wednesday game against New England. And then we will have, hopefully, depending on training schedules and such, uh, another video edition of March to Match Day before the game the following Wednesday out west against LAFC. Thanks for watching and listening. Adios, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.